Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm so close I could take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Valuetainment, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to hate. It's not run, homie. Look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. All right, so folks, if you only knew who just got a new job, we're going to announce that today. Phenomenal mm. for him. Congratulations, awesome. Congratulations. to this guy. Uh, <clears throat> some call him Anthony, some call him Tony, but you can call him a new hiree at this new company, <laughs> yeah. which we'll announce when he's got the details. It's just amazing. Yeah. Not, not up in some, here. Not up in here. Some people's <clears throat> careers are just recession-proof. I'm, I'm just astonished. Well, yeah. listen, when you're the GOAT, you get stuff like that that happened to you. By the way, uh, we had uh, Alex Jones on Saturday, if you missed it. Uh, you were hiding somewhere, now watching a podcast. He said something on Twitter, a, a clip of on Twitter about him and what what he said about Trump could happen to him, the assassination stuff. That's gone viral. We've got a lot of uh, uh, people met, hitting us up. Maybe we'll talk about that today on the podcast. Bunch of new things going on with the economy. Uh, craziness with uh, home number of sales. It, it, we have a stat that shows the least affordable city to own a home. If you only could guess what the city is, the least affordable place to own a home and which city moved up seven spots it's uh it's pretty interesting would you be surprised with that number i don't i don't know about that city being number one though maybe three maybe four but to be number one least affordable I have some thoughts on that yeah we'll, it's, we'll, we'll, it's not actually breaking news yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll cover that as well and then uh, cnn is for sale jeff zucker might buy it you got uh, fox news finally announces reveals their new primetime Roster, uh, legacy media companies enter dark times as failures mount and Netflix rises again. There's new court documents, reveals more about Epstein's relationship with J.P. Morgan Chase. There's an article that came out saying, do you think you're rich? Here's what Americans say. We got some thoughts there. Tom's got some things to talk about, about what's going on right now with home prices. A couple stories about woke. Uh, Here's one for you. Blue State School District won't let students opt out of pride lessons. And if that doesn't irritate you, here's another one for you. Student banned from walking at graduation after boys are boys and girls are girls comment. So this kid said, boys are boys, girls are girls. She was not able to walk across. This kid was not able to walk across the stage. We'll comment on that. <sighs> Vivek's got a good article, a couple of things he said on Twitter, which we'll talk about in regards to same topic. Box office analyst estimates Disney loses $890 million on their last eight theatrical releases and a few other stories. We got a video of RFK doing push-ups. The guy looks like he's going to run for Mr. Universe. <laughs> <laughs> We got some Proud Boy stuff that I think uh, 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 Vinny wants to talk about. But more importantly, before we get all t- into all these stories, a couple things. Fourth of July is around the corner. These hats that many of you vets have been asking about. We worked on these hats so much to make them perfect and give a couple different options. These future looks bright hats for veterans or those who love America are here 
One is white on the side that says future looks bright. The other one's got the white Vaitema logo with the bottom future looks bright. The other one is the black Vaitema logo, future looks bright, and the future looks bright on the bottom. And then gear, that's the military gear. We got a bunch of stuff with Look US flags on the side. I can't right. wait for you to see it. It's going to be launched with a video we did at a shooting range. If you want to be one of the first to get the update once we're launching this new merch, the merch drop, text the word MERCH to 310-340-1132. Once again, text the word MERCH to 310-340-1132 to be one of the first to get this sent over your way before it sells out. We're excited about it. And by the way, for anybody that makes purchases over $250, we'll have your phone number. I may surprise FaceTime you. I did this last time. Every year we do this. Do that man, that's a lot of fun when we do fun. it. Maybe we'll do it together as a crew. Any purchase over $250, will pick some of them, surprise you guys with a FaceTime call, and uh, we'll have chat. Again, text the word MERCH to 310-340-1132. These hats will sell out ASAP. Let's get right into it. Okay. So, by the way, uh, we talked about this on the podcast with Alex Jones, but I want to get into the podcast a little bit more with this topic. Here's what happened. Over the weekend, do you know what news station covered all the mess that's going on with Biden right now? Do you know what news? Do you know what channels covered everything that's going on with Biden right now with his son, with the questions not being answered? Guess what news station covered everything that's going on with Biden, not holding back the sun, any of that stuff? MS, Get, M- M- MSNBC? NBC, CBS, and ABC. Forget Fox, forget, forget CNN, CNN, but NBC, ABC, CBS. What does that tell you when those guys do that? What does it tell you? I, I, I think that's, that's a great question. I was thinking about this uh, this morning. I think now that they're realizing, and they timed it perfectly, Pat, they're letting the stories of Biden come out. They're letting everything come out. Yeah. So he slowly gets out, gets out of the way. And their their front runner is going to come in, and I think it's going to be Newsom. That's what they're doing. They know he has no chance. Yeah. They can't they can't hide the secret that much longer. You feel I, me? I'm Tom? with you 100. percent And I know Adam and I have a different read on this, yeah. not in conflict, but we just kind of reading the tea leaves on the DNC differently. But I think the DNC highly impacts those top three mainstream media. And I and I've said, you know, six months ago, I said, man, remember I, I used the comment that they're they're taking the dog off the leash. Yeah. That the DNC kind of allowed them to say some things about Biden, some unflattering things about, um, uh, you know, uh, Kamala Harris not going to Taco Bell, not making yeah. a run for the border. Yeah. Uh, remember, you know, I'll get to the border eventually. Uh, do you happen to have uh, directions? Yeah. The And what's going on right now? I believe the networks have been released. Because remember, you can look at all those. Think, though? Why do you think? I think they've been released because I think there is a quiet movement in the Democratic Party that this needs to be primaried. That's I have felt that way for a year because that's the only outcome here, Pat. What is the outcome? It's either Biden goes alone and we're all behind him. Salute all the DNC, yeah. and all the organizations salute, or they're going to softly allow the, the, the things to happen to have an open primary. So let me let me ask this question. How long, how long before, how long before we know Biden's not going to be running? As president, how long is it going to be? Thirty days, 60 sixty days, ninety days, six months? What do you think it's going to be? I think it's Thanksgiving because that puts you about sixty days before first primaries. Remember, first primaries happen right after the beginning of the year. So you don't think it's going to happen for another five months? No, I th- yeah, I I think it has to happen by November. That's okay, I'm saying it has to happen by Thanksgiving, and if backdoor. Um, a wrestling holds it off. Yeah, it has. Mm-hmm. It'll have to reach ahead. So somebody gives you a year a before the election. Well, look, 
If there's one thing I learned from Alex Jones, what's well, the primary a few thing? There's a few things the that I learned from Alex Jones, but the one thing is he's like, sometimes they're just telling you the story right in front of your face. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to go down the rabbit hole, which he's done multiple times. Um, but the story, to me, the main story here is not speculative, not predictions, not prognosticating. It's that these main legacy media companies are actually being journalists. That's the main story here. They're not being activists. They're not telling Tom, one side of the story. Away from the mic, please. Yeah, you're messing yeah, Adam, me up. Adam, here, Adam, Adam, they're wait, they're the not part. being activists. They're actually being journalists. That is the story, is that they're actually covering what they're supposed to be covering, and kudos to them. Why, though? Now, if we want to... Why? Because they're why? fucking journalists. No. What, and they're remembering that. So why did it take them Now, if the we want to go down the rabbit hole, okay. conspiracy theory-wise, while well, they're trying to remove Biden, which I can understand that, but there hasn't been any... But, indications that that so, actually so, but, happened. But you're saying it's and if you're going to go down the, the the Gavin Newsom rabbit hole, which is fine, he was just battling one on one where he fucking owned John Hannity yeah. on his own show. Uh, he's done nothing but support Biden to his face. They were just together a week ago. So yes, I do believe that Gavin Newsom would be a way more attractive candidate than Biden. Who doesn't think that? Despite all of you know Gavin Newsom's. Wait, issues. what did you just say the last one minute? Okay, <laughs> honestly, like, what did you just say? So you just said... Okay. So you just said... You, you said what? You're saying that... I'm saying that, that the journalists are actually doing their job and they're covering no, the they're stories not. they the should be These journalists don't do their jobs, okay? When did we, they re-become journalists? We, we, no, no. We've, but, but no, no, Adam. When somebody hasn't been doing their jobs for the last 10 years suddenly starts doing their job, it's not because suddenly they got inspired to say, let's become journalists today. <laughs> No, there has to be a motive why on suddenly they became journalists all aligned simultaneously together. If when the first Durham report came out, what did ABC, CBS, and NBC cover? Nothing. They, not, they didn't talk about the Durham report. Why not? They didn't do journalism. Are they going to start doing that as well? well? Every time a lot of these. But now suddenly you're all bashing Biden simultaneously where Kareem Jean-Pierre, am I saying the name correctly? Yeah, yeah. She's standing like, what? No, and then Kirby has to come and save her. No, and then they have to walk off. No, what is starting to happen right now is the Dems are sitting there saying, lowest approval rating. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is called an opinion podcast where we give our thoughts. Mm -hmm. We're not a professional journalist that we went to Columbia University and this is what we do. No, we're talking and we're chatting and we're like similar to some American people that are saying, I'm thinking that as well. I see that as well. The only reason this trend all of a sudden flipped, in my opinion, not a conspiracy, not my conspiracy, in my opinion, is lowest approval rating. They're starting to realize, like, by the way, you know, I'll give, I'll give it to you from the perspective that will make sense to you. You know some of your friends that are Trump guys, the ones that I'm not talking about the guys that will never change. Don't, talk, don't think about those guys. You know the guys that supported Trump because they like his policies but then gradually stuff that's coming out with indictment, the recording, the this, the that, they're like, I don't know, man. I think I have to kind of distance myself because to me is I can go DeSantis because it's pretty much the same thing I'm getting minus all the drama. You know, those guys, the Democrat people of those guys are showing up and they're saying, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to do Biden because I know what he's doing, all this other stuff. I, all the stuff that's coming out on him right now, dude, I'm getting off of him and I'm going to Newsom. And realistically, mm -hmm. realistically. I think this thing can go super fast, very quickly. Because, okay, so on Fox News, would you say would you say Brett Bear is pro-Trump? 
I would say that he's as close to being a real journalist as it gets on Fox News. But do you think if he has a choice, just a speculation, not that we know, we're, we're playing a game here. Yeah. Do you think he, what percentage do you think he's DeSantis versus Trump? Oh, okay. All right, well, to answer that, is he more Trump or Biden? He's more Trump. Is he more DeSantis or Trump? He's more DeSantis. Okay, perfect. I agree with that. So all I'm saying right now is there is an audience that actually likes Brett Bear. And it's like, man, I love what you're doing, right? Yeah, there's, rhinos. But, but, but no, no. But there's also an audience that likes what Jake Tapper's doing from the conservative side. To say at least Jake was. So Democrats like Brett Baer. Some Republicans like Jake Tapper's, some of his work, right? Moderates who do yeah. their job. So there's Republican. I think Democrats and Republicans are in the same exact situation today. I think they're in the identical situation today. Here's what it is. Mm -hmm. Dems and media... Want Newsom, but they'll 100% defend Biden as long as it's against Trump. Republicans in media, journalists, not all of them. I'm not putting Tucker and some of these guys in the camp. Mm -hmm. Most Republican, you know, journalists, they, if it's Trump against Biden, they're going Trump. But if it's Trump against DeSantis, mm -hmm. they want DeSantis. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a very weird thing that just happened this weekend when these guys flipped on Biden. That quickly, ABC, CBS, NBC, you're not supposed to do that. So maybe when that typically happens, I guarantee you these guys that are higher-ups, mm -hmm. uh, 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 these guys that are higher-ups, they have conversations with each other because they all went to the same schools, not in a dark way, in a way that's naturally going to be happening. But you know what the conversations are like? Look, you know, I just talked to me. Yeah, I know. She told me she wants to know some. Yeah, did you hear about it? Yeah, yeah, I know. The people at CBS, they want... They want Newsom, and they already had the conversation. So how's it going to happen? I don't know, man. I'm hearing different things. You know, I'm hearing Biden's going to come out and talk about the fact that his health is not good and wants to spend time with his grandkids. You know, you think it's going to be ugly, like they're going to oust him? No, I think there's been meetings to say, look, we can do this the nice way or the ugly way. Do you want to protect your legacy? Why don't we do it the nice way? You step away. We'll make a movie about you. We'll make a documentary on every single channel, CBS, ABC, this, for the unifier president that will leave that as your legacy. We'll get a big book deal for you for Simon & Schuster, but only if you do it the nice way. Do I think those types of conversation happen, 5%, 10%? I think it could happen. So all I'm saying is they're telling this guy, brother, it's been good. Go kick it. Yeah. It's time to move on. That's I'll, all I'm saying. I'll just give one yeah. quick I'm response. I'm on that page. I, you're, you're right. So the, I'm not going to disagree with you. The only difference is you said that they're kind of what's happening. The fracturing in the Democratic side is, always, is already happening in the Republican side. What I'm also saying is I'm looking at the facts in front of my face and I'm taking the words from the candidate's mouth. And Gavin Newsom has said nothing and done nothing to indicate that. Now, where do I agree with you? Yes, of course. No Democrats are excited about Biden. Zero. It's not a thing. They just didn't want Trump. That's the whole reason that he was elected. The difference is on the Republican side, how many candidates have already announced their candidacy? You got DeSantis. You got Chris Christie. You've got Nikki Haley. You've got Vivek. Tim Scott. You got Vivek. So meaning like I'm just looking at the information in front of my face and there's infighting within the GOP straight up. On the surface, they're coalescing around Biden. Now, I think that's a horrible move. <laughs> From a strategy t standpoint, I don't think that that guy's a winning candidate, again. But there's nothing that I've seen physically come out of Gavin Newsom's face uh, to say that he's running against I, I actually think, Biden. and by the way, the whole thing about you know what Alex Jones said, sometimes you just have to look at it, it's right in front of your face. 
I don't think he meant what you think he meant. Uh, uh, I think what Alex Jones uh, uh, is saying that sometimes they will do it boldly in front of your face thinking you won't catch it. Yeah. I think that's what he means by it. I don't think it's just take the facts for what they're saying. No, I don't trust what Newsom's going to be saying. To be honest with you, New, the, the best way for Newsom to can, campaign for 2024 is by going around talking about how amazing Biden is. You know why? The, the, the reason why you campaign that way is because you're automatically getting the, to say, what a freaking guy, man. Did you notice what he was doing? Up until Biden decided to step out, the guy had his back. What a loyal guy. I value loyalty. Mm-hmm. Unlike DeSantis, because he's playing the game of loyalty. Yeah. He knows the Dems are going to say, look, unlike DeSantis, whether you like Trump or not, he wasn't loyal to Trump. Mm-hmm. Look how loyal Newsom is being to Biden. These guys are brilliant on what they're doing. He's being a flag carrier. The, the, the move that Newsom is making is so freaking brilliant to show himself as a loyalty mm-hmm. to the party. Yep. And Trump is pinning DeSantis mm-hmm. as the one that's not loyal to the party. Because DeSantis, because Newsom, in my opinion, my opinion, Newsom thinks DeSantis is going to be the candidate because mm-hmm. he thinks Trump's going to drop out. It's a gamble. It's a very big gamble because the chance of this happening is less than 5%. That Trump's going to drop out from the race because they're eventually going to get him on some of these recording. That's too late. And by the way, I also think a part of DeSantis' camp, the strategy they're playing behind closed doors are like, guys, it's just a matter of time before you discuss with Obama. Just a matter of time before they get him. Just a matter of time. If you don't need to be number one right now. You don't need to be number one right now. The moment he's out, you will bump to 75% because there's no Trump. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's problematic. You know what You know what they call that in sports? I don't sports? disagree. You know what they call that What's in sports? Playing with the, they're playing prevent defense. Yeah. Of course. Homeboy Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. our friend here in Florida, needs to go on the offensive. Because what happens when you're playing prevent defense and you're expecting the other team not to put up points and score on you, what happens? Boom, backdoor touchdown, Trump's the candidate. So if you want to just kind of play it safe and not go against Trump and not really put pedal to metal and go on podcasts and really put your name out there, Trump's going to gallivant to the White House. uh, uh, DeSantis was 200 yards away from my house yesterday. When? Last night? Last night. Did he text you? Nope. No, it's, call you? It's, it's not. No, him and I are not. Did a, he DM we, you? No, no, it's not. Nobody. That. I'm not saying that message to you. It's unfortunate. What I'm saying to you is, he's in town. He is out here doing what he's doing, uh, at a guy's house who's an absolute mm. stud of a guy. Won't mention who it is, but uh, he was there last night. So, but but, but for me, all mm-hmm. I'm saying is, with all of this stuff that's going on, um, politics is strategy, man, mm. and it's it. There's a part of this that is such a dark you know you have to have an itch for this game like you you have to be a little bit mentally off to want to be part of this game because oh, yeah. it's so freaking weird dirty strange dark but also at the same time you know but plato i think said it he says those who believe it's foolish <clears throat> what happened no i'm having him pull up plato once polls. said those who believe it's foolish those who believe it's foolish to study politics will be governed by fools who do. Wow. Right. So on point. So I think we're at a point right now where we, we can't be foolish. We have yeah, to kind of see what's going on. And so what's his name from, uh, what movie is it? It's chess. It ain't checkers. Uh, training day. But Pat, and, training let's, day. and you said why. Why ABC? Why MSN? Why all the mainstream right now are reporting like they're finally doing the report that you're talking about? They have no choice, Pat. Because if, if this was last year, Twitter was owned. We have to, we have to give a, a kudos to uh, Elon Musk. If this was happening last year, bro, the FBI was working with and at 
Twitter suppressing every single story that you're hearing. So shout out to Elon Musk because now they have no other choice. You have to report it because we are listening to it in real time. No censor, raw as hell, right in our face. And I think we own Elon Musk, the fact that now they have to. Because mm -hmm. the FBI is not chilling at Twitter, which they were saying, nope, put that down. Nope, not this story, not the Hunter laptop story. They have no choice, bro. And it's all Accountability a Accountability is what you're saying. Adam, I'm interested in what you think here. Zero to 100%. Private, private poll among uh, uh, senators, congressmen, Democratic leadership. Private poll. Nobody knows. What is Biden's, he has a vote right now. What is he at? Private poll, these folks. So what are the options? Biden, no. Do they support Biden as the candidate? Private poll. No one gets to know. What's the reality that comes out there? Senators, 50 senators, you're saying? Who, who's this? No, all, all of them. Forget about party yeah, line votes. I think, look, I think they're all saying, yeah, man, I think. No, no, know, no. Give got, me I, percent. I, that's what I'm saying. We're, we got to publicly support this guy, but there's no way. Uh, no, privately, I think, I think low key, it's like 30%, 40%. Exactly. So 70% yeah. would like to see it shift. Yeah. I, I don't, okay. I, you know, in my opinion, yep. I, I would say then, 100% I'd like to see it shift. Sure. I don't think he's an attractive candidate. I don't think he's a strong leader. Got it. I don't think he's the man. Unfortunately, that's what we're left with. So let me go one more step. Odds, 1 to 100, that you think there's real stuff here on the international bribes. On the international, with Hunter? B Hunter, but no, all Biden, stuff. big 10 guy, China, for the big guy that, that, China yeah, recordings I mean, they got. I think they got a, look, there's, Zero there's to smoke, 10, what, there's what, fire. It's 100%. It's, it's 100%. Yeah. Okay. 50-50. No, right, I, I would say 100%. There's no, don't, I don't never, lie to yourself. You'll never, ever hear me say 100%. I will. I That's will. No, I'm not Canva. trying to get you. You're I'm never going to hear me say 100%. 100%. So, because let me get you some guys. Why don't you just answer the question? It's a basic. I've already said to go through the series of questions we're lacking the scope. So, okay. So 70%. You would say, I, I really don't want him to run. And where there's smoke, there's fire. What is that, 55? 60? I said 50-50, yeah. 50-50, so more than 50%. Okay, so fact. January 15th is Iowa caucus. Fact. 60 days ahead of that, these the uh, DNC releases money to bona fide primary candidates. So that is your deadline of deadlines. I mean, they don't want to be doing it there. They want to be doing it September 15th to give people before the holidays time to do their yeah, campaigns. Okay, so we're really talking... 90 days. So now I'll play conspiracy. Joe, listen, you got to do the health thing. You got to give us uh, an out here and you need to step out of this because we're going to green light. We're not going to green light, but Republicans are going to push these hearings. And if there's really stuff here, you know, it's going to be hard mm -hmm. to support you in that. And I believe that's a lever point. I believe there's enough going on here that there's enough lever points in the year of investigation. Do you see what I'm thinking, Pat? That they can say, you know, you really need to do this. And I think Newsom, that is, I think it's greater than 50% probability that Newsom has already been said, hey, start campaigning, but be sure you do it from a platform of support that you are a grand statesman for the Democratic Party and you're supporting the president. So what you're doing, you're going on this grand support as the governor of the seventh largest economy in the mm -hmm. world. And I believe 
my heart, when I go conspiracy, Pat, that's what I think. They've already, Newsom is their candidate. They're waiting for a way to shift this. They only have nine, really 90 days to do it, to put to give people the normal campaign window from September to January. And I, I, I think it's done, and we're just waiting for the lever. And I think that... When it's too late, meaning, so, so, so I want you September to... September 15th, I think, okay. becomes yeah, too late. Until because, the end so, of summer. Because, uh, to, uh, right, exactly. because if you were a candidate, Pat, you're like, hey, man, it's September 15th. So you're supposed we'll, to give me 90 days of, of DNC so national then, money. So then saying Thanksgiving is not right. No, if, I'm saying that is the deadline of deadlines. I'm like, that is the wall. That is the red I, line. But I think that's too late, though, Tom. Yeah. I, I agree. With you more, I, I think... I think if they got to do it, I think if they got to do it, they got to do it right now because DeSantis, uh, unlike, I'm sorry, uh, Newsom, unlike DeSantis, will go out there and will sit down with people. He'll go, I believe, the, I, I believe, I believe he will go on podcasts. I believe he'll go on enemy territory. I believe he'll go anywhere. I believe he'll go anywhere. I believe Newsom will go anywhere and be able to hang. And, and not because his argument's a better argument, because he knows how to handle the argument in a way that's going to still give him the favorability of seeing like he knows what he's doing. Uh, I think I think Newsom needs more time, but I think if they do it in the next 30, 60 mm-hmm. days, it's plenty of time for Newsom to be a real competitor. By the way, Vinny, we had a conversation six months, months ago. ago. What, what did we, I predict? We, 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 both did, we both said it, and the bet, I think, uh, I want to check. Yo, can you check if the odds have changed? It was my, uh, uh, 1,400, plus 1,400 exactly. for Gavin Newsom. Mm-hmm. We called it, and you actually were the first one, Pat. It's when he was on the lawn, mm-hmm. when Biden was on vacation or falling down and some stairs. And what was the prediction? It was, we thought it was, said Gavin, Gavin Newsom, Newsom had was the best odds. The, well, he's going to be the odds. Has he moved? Said, yes. Gavin Newsom's at twenty five hundred. Yeah. I'll, By the way, can we check? Wait, is that still Vegas odds? Is this Vegas? Vegas? I like checking odds. Vegas. Let's odds. take a bet. That's Pat. what I. Check. Is that really Vegas odds right now? I don't know about this website. Can we just MGM go to Vegas Sports. Insider? If okay, that's is it, that Pat, we're doing the bet today. No, go I'm to the same it. one that Adam always points to. But yeah, do the Vegas one. But that but, way we Vegas. But, but Pat, you were the first one, and then me and Adam jumped on it when you said yeah, he Vegas was walking inside. on the White House lawn with his shirt off. There it is. This one And it was a presidential walk. Look at Gavin Newsom's now thirty three to one. Before let's do it, Adam. Beyond we, the, wait a ten, I've already done a ten thousand dollar bet. Yes. A ten thousand dollar bet will pay you three hundred thirty thousand dollars. Let's do it. A hundred thousand yeah. will pay you three point three. By the way, it was, it was triple that six months ago. It was sixty. What right? was it? In sixty. But, well, look at RFK. Sixteen. Now. Yeah. By the way, can we check uh, our friend Joe Biden's <laughs> approval ratings? Do you have five thirty eight up real quick? We're really going down this political path today. Huh? <laughs> I love it. Check if you go to the top. There's usually um, yeah. How popular is Joe Biden? Check that. So the beginning of his candidacy or his presidency, he was close to 60%. Is that what that says on the left? 55%. And then I believe in August, uh, yeah, a disapproval, 53%. What does that say, Rob? Yeah, 53% okay, approved, 36% I want to say during like September of 21, if you, where, do, where does it crisscross? August 30th of 2021. Okay, gotcha. August 30th, September 1st. I wasn't far off. Now, where is it now? If you go all the way to the end. So his disapproval is fifty three percent, and his net his approval is forty one percent. So what's the net disapproval? Uh, disapproval plus eleven plus eleven. Now go to Trump. By the way, fifty three is very significant, and here's why: you have core Republicans only about thirty nine forty percent, right? Mm-hmm. Core Republicans, they all disapprove. Then you have nine percent of the independents and the Greens, they all disapprove. That's only forty nine percent, which means that he's got four percent erosion. That is assuming one hundred percent of Republicans, one hundred percent of independents. So he already has four to five percent erosion among among Just, Democrats. To put it bluntly, would you agree that his numbers are trash? 
Oh, absolutely. But I'm okay. pointing out that he's lost at least five points of his core base. Go to go Kamala's to Trump's number. Forget about Kamala. Nobody no cares about her. Go to um go be, her the same numbers as Biden. Go to Trump. I'd she's like to the see worst. That. She's the worst ranked vice president, right, Pat? Go to she's Trump. in the worst, worst yeah. ever, ever. <clears throat> All right. What does that say? It's a fourteen. Where's he at? He's at fourteen. Go to Spread. the. Go to go to it now. We don't need to revisit six. Uh, years fourteen point three. Okay, so unfavorable fifty four percent, favorable forty percent. His numbers are right at next to Biden's. Yep. So if you're Biden, you're. It's a race to the bottom. It's like, yeah, I suck, but this guy sucks just as much as me. Let's see how it holds up. Now that's if you trust polls. That's if you trust what's going on. That's if you trust Quinnipiac and Pew and ABC. But those are the numbers that that Trump's favorability rating. This goes back to my point. My point is Republicans and Democrats are in the same exact situation right now, mm-hmm. especially the ones in, in, in this world who think they know everything. They're in the same place. Mm-hmm. Republicans are like, can we do something with Ron? Democrats are like, can we do something with uh, uh, Newsom? Okay, but 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 here's a part about politics that. That you got to love. This is why you love this game. If you love it, I love competition. So to me, anything about competition that's unpredictable, I freaking love it. Third quarter, two minutes left. You're up 28-3. Uh, what are the chances you're already picking your Super Bowl speech? You know, hey, you know, well, listen, you know, I want to give a shout out to my mom. She was there for me in the garden when everything was going on. My wife, you know, I guess my this. Oh, shit, we lost to Tom Brady. (laughs) You know, we're Atlanta Falcons. How the hell did this happen? You know, well, no, he came back and pulled it off again and beat your ass because it's called competition, right? All that stuff we can say. We can look at all the polls, all the stories. We can speculate. We can say whatever we want. Um, there, there, there are a few people that I will say that I love what they're doing. I'm going to keep talking about these guys. I love what Vivek is doing. Vivek is talking policies. I love what RFK is doing. RFK is talking policies. Can you show uh, 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 RFK real quick with him doing the push-ups? If, if you if you got that video there with him doing, look at take Dude. a look at this guy, 69 years old by the way. Is he juicing, Pat? <laughs> Maybe he's on TRT, but that body doesn't look like a juice body. Look juice the, body. Look press at those plate. Lats. This guy you, looks no. like an incredible Hulk. You see when somebody's on juice, that's not what the yeah, juicer's body look like. You know what's a big factor for that, Pat? He's not taking any vaccines. That's what uh, it is. He, here's a part you Healthy. have to realize. People think like if you juice, listen, you juice, you still have to go to the gym four or yeah. five times a week. Look at this guy. Yeah, that doesn't look like a juicer's body, though. He's a, a juicer's body, you Looks know, like maybe TRT, maybe, maybe some TRT. of that stuff, but I don't know about all the other stuff. He's looking good, and he's got policies, and he's, you know, challenging people. Take a look at this. At first, people thought this was a spoof. They didn't know it was him. Where is this? So how, much is this pass? how much is this? 45 for the bar. It's not a lot much? of weight. No, he's, inclining, lot. he's inclining 105 right there for 115 right there. That's well, not a lot of weight. 115 is not a lot. That looks like a 25 and a 10, unless if it's a 35 and a 10. Definitely not a 45. The 45 is right next to it. Looks more like a 25 and a 10. Tell you what, right. he is the most jacked presidential candidate we've ever 69 had, especially in the years Democratic old Party. Guy. 69 years old. old he's doing. By the way, age. now let Great me, let me Great let, number. Can you please show Peter Hotez a six pack? How sick it looks. <laughs> go to Dr. Peter Hotez. How amazingly. Go type in he, what, that Peter Hotez body. Type wait, in body. He's, he's taking a boost oh, oh, right you now. Body. I you meant an doctor. example of who to follow in, in health. Yeah, look at that guy. Is somebody who, take, who, yeah. who, who eats uh, junk food all the time and doesn't work out. He probably has a booster in his. Definitely right knows now. more yeah, about how to stay in shape than the other guy. 90 okay. grams yeah. of sugar per kilo. He's a slob. Yeah, he's a but here's the, here's the question, PBD. Yeah. How old is this guy? 63 or 64. Okay. The average American, let's go with me now, 
the average American who's in their 60s, do they look more like Peter Hotez? Of course. Or do no. they look more like RFK? But what's, what's your point, though? That RFK is an anomaly. He's taking care no, of himself. I, he's, oh, no, I, I don't. He's actually in great shape. He doesn't but, need but, but, all the other nonsense. But, but here's that the question. People who look like Hotez who put in their body. Who should we turn into a hero? RFK or Peter Hotez? Who should you model after if you're in your 60s? It's not even a question. It's not even a question. Correct so you. the point is you ought to go work out like yes. RFK is, not eat junk food in your 60s like Peter Hotez is, but to each his own. I don't know many 60-something-year-olds that look like RFK. I know a ton of 60-year-olds that look sloppy like I, Hotez. I, actually, believe it or not, what, what, what I will tell you about uh, 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 people who take care of themselves, there's, there's a lot of people that look at... Uh, 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 hotels and say that's an irresponsible way of living, man. You ain't going to be doing anything good with yourself living a long time mm-hmm. living like that. This whole concept goes back to the same thing I've been talking about the last few years. America's biggest problem the last eight years, seven years, has been who they make a hero of. Yeah. The hero-making machine is the biggest problem in America. With your kids, a bad parent doesn't know who they turn into a hero. A great parent know who they turn into a hero. A great parent will say, look what she did. Did you see what she did? That's exactly what great leaders do. Did you see what he did? Did you see what she did? They're painting a picture of what a hero is. Today, a hero is somebody who's a male who lost to all other male opponents but chooses to identify as a female, becomes a swimmer, beats all the women, and we say, what a hero. What a hero. What a brave By the way, beats girl women. right there. Beats you know? women 45 oh, yeah. days. What, By the way. What, oh, yeah. what a brave girl right there. Now you got a hero-making machine problem. PBD, to, to add some validity. Look, look at that. that definitely yeah, looks real. What right a hero. Yeah. To add and some, then a hero to, comes along. Well, we're all familiar with this one. But uh, to add some validity to what you're saying, have you seen? did you see what Elon Musk tweeted about all the uh, generals of health across the world and oh, how yeah, they look? so ugly. For the health administrators. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it was you know, hilarious. The director of health for all these different countries. They all look sick. It's the sloppiest group of <laughs> sad people I've ever seen. It's yeah, like, these Levine. are the people yeah. running your health programs. Yeah. Can you find that image, Rob? It was so bad. Ugh, Rachel was, Levine, all the all the health officials of all the countries sad. around the world are the skit. It's an he, older he, tweet, right? It's no, no. A, this was less than a week ago. Oh well, he tweets fifty times a day. That's what I'm saying. It's going to take, him a, it's gonna take yeah, him about a month joking. to scroll down. You know what? And find you know what is a? You know what is a? A. By the way, if you can't find it, show because I know exactly what tweet is talking about. It's great. How many days back are you right now? By the way, what date are you on? You're on. Uh, Just keep scrolling. June, Kim Jong Un in a college June class. June 14th. <laughs> oh, okay, June 14th. Keep going a little bit. See if you find it. It might have been that parody account. Is that? By the way, that Elon Musk parody it's account. Is that somebody him? else? It's so okay. Don't worry about it. It's probably the uh, parody account. So. Rob, go to go to uh, the the video of the View on what they said about what's going on with Biden and Hunter Biden, and the way they sold it, which is uh, uh, very very interesting. I want you to see this, folks, and tell me tell me if this makes sense. Go ahead. The Hunter Biden story, the scandal, the this, the that. It's also the story of a father's love, oh and Joe God. Biden has never and will never <laughs> give up on his son, son. Hunter oh. and will never look, treat him lesser right. than. Look at the, and so he is a father audience. first. Look Take it or leave it. That the Okay. Well, like the audience is, applauses is, Pat, you know that right after this. Like they go crazy wait, wait, wait. for that statement. Yeah. Didn't the view say that about George Herbert Walker Bush and W that it was a story of a father's Oh wait, they didn't. Listen, no no, Tom, and I'm sorry Pat cuz he's taking away from the message. He's a father, you're a father. You're missing the point. It's about fatherly love. The hell with the crack and the prostitutes and the big guy and the bribes. Tom, it's father love. And I'm actually 
embarrassed that you don't. He's not actually feeling like how we're feeling. That it's about love, Tom. Yeah, you know, father you, love. You know, you know, you know. When you see something like this, here's what you say. You say, <laughs> okay, fine, but like, are you really thinking everybody's dumb? <laughs> they really do. Uh, it's, it's, it's so so. Trump is no longer a father. He's not a father. So Trump is not a man. Exactly. And Trump's kids defending him is not the love of a son for mm-hmm. a father. Yeah. It's not. But it's because it's no, Joe Biden. No, corrupt a little father bastard running around in the And room. a son relationship. By the way, she's not wrong. There is an element of it that is a father and son. But at this point of the game, the father's probably sitting there saying, dude, like, can you stop doing so much mess constantly? The favoritism you see here and the hypocrisy is exposed oh. and it's shown and it's very easy. It's not subtle. It's in your face. This is when Alex Jones says, in your face, this is in your face. <laughs> None, right in nothing your about face. this is like subtle. Yeah, well, this is... This yeah, is and by the way, do you think that that's her opinion? Do you think that's the, what the producer... I, the, I was just going to say, Tom. Do you think that's what the producer... No, I think that's her opinion. Yeah. I think that's her opinion. Well, let, yeah. let's just I think there's also this, a little bit of producers. Let's break the producers, Anna Navarro, she's from Miami. She actually used to live in my building. Hates Trump. Of course, you'd think? Hates Trump. you think? Okay, so there's nothing she's going to do to defend Trump. By the way, she's a Republican, but she's one of those Republicans that... She's not a liberal. She's one of those Republicans that crossed over in 2016 and she just couldn't do the Trump thing, and she's been knocking him ever since. But the reality is this, Anna... uh, what a sad cope that you're trying to do right here. This, yes, he is a father, but once your father's the president of the United States, it goes beyond fatherly love. This is a matter of national security. So the one thing that I will give Trump for sure credit on is his kids turned out way better than Biden's kids. I mean, he did lose Bo, you know, sad situation, yeah. former veteran, died of, I think, brain cancer. Very sad. But you don't see Donald Trump Jr. smoking crack on the side of a highway with some prostitutes. I mean, Kim Guilfoyle, I don't know what she is, but I'm not going to call her a prostitute. But she's probably yipped up on something. But uh, you remember when Hillary was uh, debating Trump and they're like, say one nice thing about yeah. the other candidate. Do you remember what Hillary what, said? What did Hillary say? She said, I actually want to give him credit for being a good father and raising your kids well. So you, you got to give Trump credit on that. Now, listen, I don't know how this happens. I know that opiums and, and, and drug addiction is a sad situation in this country, and I completely empathize with those problems. But if you're the president of the United States, how does it even come down to the fact that you let your son become a fucking crackhead? Oh, How does you, that even happen? You took him into meetings with foreign you, dignity. Dude, he was his bagman. But my, if you think about it, not only is he the dumbest crackhead— Think about all the crack kicks you've ever seen. They're in the street. They die. They, he is the luckiest crackhead in the history of crackheads. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Making money. And Tom, he's untouchable. He could do, like, literally he could kill somebody live on camera and nothing would happen to him. I don't him. know about all that. Yes, he could. Adam. They, they, they'd say something like he, he was on, dro- he was on drugs. He didn't know. They executed a money laundering scheme in plain sight by putting him up there as an artist <laughs> who is suddenly getting half a million dollars yeah. for Give me a break, dude. kindergarten grade paintings. Yeah. That was yeah, he sold them as NFTs. He's an artist. No, Join the NFT an scam club like the rest of America. It, no, no. Thanks. It's like, Adam, you're asking, hey, man, everybody's watching. What am I supposed to do here? Hang on, Adam. We got something. Okay, Adam, this is what we're going to do. You're going to buy a painting. I'm going to what? You're going to buy a painting. It's completely legal. Just go, go to the gallery, buy the painting. Are you kidding me? Nope. Buy the painting. And it's a very public money laundering scheme. You know, you know what is uh, one thing about leadership? Like when I would talk to my guys and let's just say I'm running the company and, and the guys are being super tough on the company. Oh, you guys, 
And let's just say during that season, I'm going through something, whatever it could be, kids, family, life, health, whatever. I, I, I don't respect people who use that as a way to gain sympathy. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. Listen, totally get it, what you're going through. I understand. But guess what? Nobody asks you to be the CEO of a company. And nobody asks you to be the president of the country. Nobody asks you to do that. But if you become a position like that, you know what you're telling the world? Mm. What you're telling the world is, I can't be held at the same standards as you because I'm getting more attention and love and accolades and respect and legacy than you. So people can't sit there and say, poor Trump, poor Biden, poor this. No. In history, trust me, they're going to forget about 99% of people that say poor Trump, poor Biden. History is not going to forget about Trump or Biden. History is going to write about these two guys, and they're going to forget about 99.9999% of all the other people in America or the world, right? What does that mean? It means you can't bitch about the position you took. You chose to be that position. That position comes with a lot of burden. You know, the whole picture about presidents eight years later, what they look like, how they age quickly. Yeah. You go to the Smithsonian, it shows Lincoln when you go from the, to, uh, you're like, oh my God, this guy. So he, says, yeah. he says, being a president is the greatest burden I ever took. The greatest burden. It comes with it. And it is what it, nobody told you to have a kid. Yeah. Having a kid is a lot of burden. Nobody told you to start a business. Start a business. Nobody told you to be a president. It comes with it. So yes, as much mm-hmm. as we can sympathize. It is not a job for anybody. Well, okay. We all saw what happened to Obama. I mean, he, he went from rough. being a young, vibrant guy, to gray hair, and Biden in three years went from an old, crotchety guy who kind of had it together to an absolute mess. He is in bad There's shape. a bag of potatoes out there. Let's go so. to a couple stories here. Let's go to a couple stories here. Let's go to a couple stories. Okay, so uh, do you think you're rich? Here's what Americans say about you being rich. Uh, according to the 2023 Modern uh, wealth survey by Charles Schwab. Americans believe it takes $2.2 million to be considered wealthy, but those who feel wealthy today have an average net worth of $560,000. It's pretty interesting. That's a you know, small amount. The survey reveals that 62% of Americans prioritize healthy relationship as a key indicator of wealth, while 70% believe wealth is more about not having to stress over money. Social media impacts wealth perceptions about uh, with 47% of Americans saying being able to afford a lifestyle comparable to their friends makes them feel wealthy. Additionally, 37% compared their lifestyle to what family and friends share on social media, and 34% make purchase decisions based on what they see on social media. Mm. Interesting. Adam, thoughts? Well... You know how Biggie used to say, more money, more problems? Uh, yeah. He had that one wrong. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you something. Uh, Kanye, I think, had it uh, said uh, way better. He said, um, having money isn't everything, but not having it is. Um, let me tell you something. When you have money in your life, all the little things, all the little problems, all the little annoyances, oh, flat tire, oh, traffic ticket, Oh, monthly rent, do whatever. None of those issues matter at any point. And then what happens is if you don't do what these other people are doing and basically just keep up with the Joneses and just follow what people uh, are buying on social media or what people are doing, what family and friends and you, you know uh, are doing uh, that you're basically trying to keep up with, you can actually help the ones around you. And I think that's what I, I liked about this relationship is they're pr- prioritizing healthy relationships Um in their life to basically help the people around you. And I think that's something that, that you, even you abide by. I see what you do with 
family, friends, vacations, parties. I think that's what the essence of life is when you have money, is empowering the people around you. Like, I just took my mom to Israel. Cost me a good amount of money to go out and travel, but, like, that was great, a great investment in my time. Um, I, I constantly help out friends that are in need. Remember my buddy that we went to dinner with that one time? Uh, with the, the basketball player at the yard house, his kids becoming a great basketball player is like, listen, I'm running low on funds. Like, I want to take them to uh, travel this summer in basketball camp. Can I get a loan? I'm like, I got you, bro. This is for your kid. So that's what I've found when since I have money now, and I think that 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 I have like financial freedom. The best return on investment is a investing in myself, b helping the people around me, and then lastly buying things that I think. Um, you know, are, are nice and they're fun. But the last point that I'll say is this. You know, they say the comparison is the thief of joy. Um, don't compare yourself to what other people have. What you should do is compare yourself to where you were two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, and that should be the barometer for your wealth. Um, it's, it really also comes down to age. So, for instance, if you're 40, don't compare yourself to a 60-year-old. If you're 20, don't compare yourself to a 40-year-old. So, like, look at PBD. Let's, let's use him as an example. Judge yourself on where you were five years ago, ten years ago. Clearly, you've done well. But don't compare yourself to, let's say, Grant Cardone. He's 65 years old. I, I didn't realize how old that guy was. I Googled it the other day. Jesus. Homie's 65. Now, allegedly, he's worth a half a billion dollars or a Are billion dollars. Are you saying dollars. I shouldn't compare myself to Grant Cardone? Is that what you just said? I'm saying that by the time you're 65. When you're, have you ever heard me talk about Grant Cardone? Zero, ever. Not. I, I'm what bringing a it up. weird uh, I'm comparison just, this guy's the, the reason that I'm <laughs> doing it. this before. The reason that I'm doing it is because he's 20 years older than uh, but, you. But that's a very terrible analogy because I've never compared myself to Grant Cardone. I'm not. I'm not saying. I understand you are. the point you're making. I understand what you're saying here right now, but that was kind of weird for you to say. Uh, uh, I'm just saying. Like I'm just saying he's way older than you, so I you shouldn't totally compare yourself to and a I, Warren and I, Buffett. And, and I think he's killing it in ways that for him to be in in the physical shape that he is and doing what he's doing. You're making a point about don't compare yourself to other people in different places. Uh, I do believe in having positive peer pressure around you to make you step up and challenge yourself as much as possible. I think you need to be around an environment. Here's what happens with positive peer pressure. In a positive peer pressure, one of two things happens. Unfortunately, I've seen this in the last 20-something years. One, either you cave and you quit and you go to a more safer environment where it doesn't give you the kind of pressure that you're not giving your best. Or you wake up one day and you're like, damn, look who I've turned into. Very impressive who I am today. It's a, it's, a, it's a necessary thing to do to have positive peer pressure around you. But the part where I said, I can't believe that's, uh, that's not a lot of money, wasn't the 2.2 million. For me, it was the, uh, what do you call it, the $560,000? Yeah. What do you say? It said, it said what about five hundred? It says, uh, those who feel wealthy today have an average net worth of $560,000. Mm -hmm. $560,000 is not a lot of money today. It's just not a lot of money today. Uh, uh, and also it has to do with your age, but it's not a lot of money today when you're looking at retirement, closer age, things like that. So I don't know yeah. what the age of this is. Anyways, let's go into the next story. I want to go into the next story with economy on Tom. Tom, let's look at uh, um, let's look at a... Ba -ba 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 -ba, da -da 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 -da. Okay, here we go. Number of U.S. home sales plunges to lowest level since 2012. Number of U.S. home plunges to lowest level since 2012. Um, so number of homes available for sale in the U.S. on May 2009 was fulfilled by 7.1%. Uh, 
previous year the first annual decline since April of 2022, reducing availability to its lowest level since 2012, Redfin, which reported the data states nearly every homeowner with a mortgage has an interest rate below 6%, meaning many are opting to stay put because selling and buying a new home uh, would mean taking on a higher monthly mortgage payment. Housing affordability continues to be a major concern with the median price of an existing single-family home rising from $300,000 in 2020 to $393,000 in April of 2023. This has caused the mortgage payment as a percentage of increase to jump 14.7% to 26%. Let me read that one more time. This has caused the mortgage payment as a percentage of income to jump from 14.7% of your income to 26% of your income, which, by the way, that's always what I go to when these realtors and mortgage offices are like, well, let me tell you, you know, home prices are this. And no, affordability is something you have to be thinking about. And, and Tom, the guy that gave us a report at the Elite Mastermind that we had, the report that he gave Vinny, in 2021, realtors in California, brokers, realtors in California, made $18 billion in commissions in 2021. Hmm. 18 billion dollars. 18 billion dollars in commissions. Jeez. That dropped to 9 billion the following year. Okay? 9 billion dollars of the following years how much commission they've made, which means there's not a lot of inventory to sell. The prices may be held up, but there's not enough inventory to sell. Tom, when you see the story, what do you think about? Well, what I think about is on its face, that's exactly what we're seeing. And what this gentleman pointed out and some information that I was digging in, um you know, a year ago, I thought interest rates could get to 10%. I remember I said it on this podcast. They, they got up to 7 7.5%, and they've, they've kind of mellowed a little bit. But it's a sustained. It's not just a spike. It's not coming back down. And that interest rate is exactly what is driving this, that if, if I was to sell, let's say I had to move from Nashville, and I had to move to, you know, uh, Plantation. Um, I look at it and say, well, if I sell my house in Nashville and then buy a house in Plantation— you know, 7% interest rates, I'm screwed. So you know what people are doing? I will lease the house with its 3% um, interest rate in Nashville, and I'm just going to go lease a house in South Florida because I probably, even if I sold in Nashville, I probably wouldn't be able to afford to buy the house. Mm -hmm. So what's happening is the supply is stuck. This is called the stuck supply problem, where people, even if their job forces them to move, their Airbnb or they're keeping their house in the previous market because there's a low interest rate and they want to preserve that interest rate. By the way, it's also got property tax based on the purchase value way back when. And if they bought that house in Florida, they're going to be buying at a higher purchase price. So their property tax is going to be up in addition to the um, actual payment. So we have a supply problem that is keeping prices high. And the high mortgage rates is causing the supply to be low because no one wants to sell their houses. I'll flip it for you, Pat. Can we go to San Francisco for a split second? Home prices are down 17% in San Francisco. Why is that? I'll tell you why. Because supply is coming up. Why is supply coming up? Because people are leaving. And why are people leaving? (laughs) Because of the jobs in the city and the policies in San Francisco. So when you have intervening factors in San Francisco that are causing people to actually say, you know what, I am selling and I am leaving, the supply comes up. And the prices come down despite the mortgages. So there's a, I won't dive into it, but there's a blue city mayor, you know, case study to be done here of what they've done that's causing people to actually sell at this time, no matter what. And so prices are coming down in San Francisco. But on a market level, 
the supply is going to remain stuck for a little while here because the Fed is saying uh, in their last uh, report they may raise a little bit at the end of July, like another quarter point, but they don't see a uh, a steady uh, reduction in rates for two years. Mm-hmm. I'll add one thing to that. I mean, we all know in basic economics, the law of supply and demand is the number one thing you should understand, but it's hard to gauge that just looking at it like, what's the supply, what's demand? But what you can gauge if you're an average person out there is this home or this car or this asset, is it cheap or is it expensive? And that's something that you could eyeball and be like, all right, yeah, I I can afford that. That sounds like a good deal. Or holy shit, how the hell am I going to afford something like this? So Uh it's hard for you to eyeball supply and demand like in San Francisco, but it's very easy for the average person uh, to understand whether you're getting a good deal on something or whether you're paying an arm and a leg. And these days, people completely understand that they're paying an arm and a leg for homes out there because the supply is not exactly where it, it, it could be, or it's, very, it's not very high. And um, prices are unbelievably high. And this is what we've said for a while. So people are asking, well, what do I do right now? What's in it for me? I'll tell you what's in it for you. What's in it for you if you're in a, a market that is that is maintained its COVID pop on pricing and you don't see it coming down, now's not the time to buy a house. Now's the time is to lease as if as efficiently as you can and save your money. If you're fortunate to be in a market where maybe prices are coming back down a little bit, now I sound like sauce because he's <laughs> right. That money, baby. And the reason uh-huh. I sound like oh, sauce yeah. is because on this point, Adam is 100% right. Save that, that it's, money. It's okay to rent. It's okay to save that money yeah. and wait for a good time to buy. Yeah, and Adam, that being said, after everything uh, from listening from you and listening to Pat and listening to what you said about your friend, I, I feel comfortable asking if I could borrow $25,000 sure, from you, no Adam. no problem. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate I you, charge bro. charge 10% interest. <laughs> you, know, you know, when you when you you say something about 17% uh, of prices down in San Francisco, more than $330 billion of equity lost in San Francisco. That's a lot of money. $330 billion in value lost in San Francisco, right? Okay. This is the Epoch Times article if you want to read it. You can go look at the article further. But, you know, you, you see this and you say bad policies have consequences. Did you know, Tom, what city in America across the board, if you look at income, five to $10,000 income range, then ten to $20,000 cohort, 20 to 30, 40 to 50, 50 to 60, all the way down to, you know, to 200,000 plus, which city has the most 200,000 plus earners in you- America? Which wow. city? Do you know because we talked you're about saying, it, so I don't an, want you to say. You're saying annual income? Annual income. Which city has the most $200,000 earners? I have two cities that come to Go mind. for it. You want to go first? No, no. Go ahead. Uh, well, three cities that come to mind. I got New York, I've got D.C., and I've got San Francisco. So it's D.C., okay? okay. And, and by the way, and it's not even close, okay? Now, do you know what is the number one sector in D.C. that pays that kind of salary? Lobbyists. Lobbyists, yeah. public administration. Yeah. These are the types of jobs yeah. that they have. Downtown. By the way, do you know what city in America is highest in crime today? Not even close. It's probably D.C. as well. Do you know what city in America... <laughs> I'm three for three, guys. I mean, I'm do you know here. what city in America is the highest in homelessness per 1,000 people? I'm going to take a wild guess and say D.C. as well. Do you know what city in America <laughs> is, the, is number one in larceny? D.C.? Do you know what city in America is number one in uh, burglary? Is it D.C.? Do you know what city in number one is in robbery? 
I'll take DC for two hundred. Do, do you yeah. know? Do you know what city? I can keep going <laughs> on and on and yeah. on and on in every possible way. DC is number one. And, and by the way, here's a crazy stat about DC. Do you know since 1975, when DC became a district and they started having mayors? Do you know how many times DC has had a Republican mayor since 1975? How many times do you think since 1975? Since zero? Since 1975. That's 50 years. How many times do you think? One. Never. Never. A single Democratic mayor. Ever. Never. Not maybe once. Not twice. They've never had it. So what does it tell you? Terrible policies. So people don't want to move their companies over there. They just don't. And by the way, you know what what community DC has been the worst to over the years? Black community. Okay. Horrible. If you go a little lower on this article, Rob, go a little lower on this article on ByTimmy.com. Go a little lower. If you look at the if you look at the numbers, go lower, 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 lower. Look at that one right there. 1985, the Anti-Drug Abuse Act of 1986. They created a law that was 100 to 100 to one crack cocaine disparity, which meant that a person that got caught with crack cocaine would receive a sentence that was 100 times longer than a person that got caught with the same amount of powder cocaine. Who do you think they were targeting? African American. And by the way, that's 1986. While the mayor is a Democrat targeting blacks, again, bad policies have consequences. Who in the right mind is thinking about moving their families to DC? Who in the right mind is thinking about moving their families to San Francisco right now? Who in the right mind is saying, you know what, why don't we move our business to San Francisco? I don't know a lot of people that are thinking about that stuff. The best part that's going on right now, the best part that's going on right now, man, we finally have a few years to look at policies to say, damn, that shit didn't work. Mm-hmm. It, when you're in it and people are selling it, you may be like, well, maybe, maybe it does work. Let's wait and see if it works. Guess what? It didn't work. San Francisco failed miserably. Mm-hmm. D.C. failed miserably and continues to fail they don't care about the community, what's going on over there. Anyways, so I, I love the fact that we're looking at these numbers and the flip side of it, Rob, if you want to pull up the least affordable city, go to Can the I one show you some numbers about D.C. real quick? It, 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 let me go into the yeah. least affordable. I'll come back to D.C. To, to, to flip side of it, here's what happens when you have great policies, okay? Real estate is booming in Miami. Why do you think it is? Hmm. Because people are moving there. Yeah. 900 okay. a day. And it says it's not a good thing. Not if you're making under 60 grand a year and need some sort of affordable housing. They're right. However, guess why and what causes a city to increase pricing in homes? Because those types of people are showing up to your city. With the average income in mind, residents would have to sacrifice 80% of their monthly income to own such a home. L.A. comes in at a second Number two, with 77% of their income necessary to pay for purchase home. Hmm. Oddly enough, Newark, New Jersey is third, but that's most likely due to New York City spillover. Yeah, it's but a post-pandemic, mm-hmm. New York City itself is ironically ranked number four, 70% needed. And then if you go lower, in 2021, 62% more people moved into Florida than moved out, with the state's population increasing by 2% in a single year. Miami's tax rate... Uh, uh, with federal tax included, are about 10% lower than that of New York City resident. And a Manhattan-y making $150,000 a year saves $50,000 just to relocate to Miami. Okay, And by the way, Orlando moved up seven spots, just so you know, during the same exact time. What does this tell you? Bad policies causes you to lose great people. Great policies that DeSantis had in Florida causes you to gain great people. Very interesting concept. And bad policies attract bad people. And when people say, what do you mean by bad? 
Those who are a net negative to society who want reparation checks, move to San Francisco. Those who say, I don't need you to give me any reparation checks. Just leave me the hell alone and let me build my life. Let me raise my kids. Those people are moving to places like Florida, Texas, Tennessee. It's great. It's a case study that's proven which policies attract and produces results and which policies attract and produces trash. By the way, Newsom is the case study that's losing great people, gaining net negative people. DeSantis is the case study of gaining great people, losing net negative people. When Dwayne Wade said, we can no longer live. Yeah. In Florida, even though it's my home and a lot of these people have my jersey on the walls. You believe transgenders should be able to decide to change their bodies. At uh, seven, eight the, years old. At eight, nine years old. Yeah, you believe that. Yeah, Florida, yeah, we, we, we don't think it's normal. Yeah. California does. Move over there. No problem. Do you mean to tell me that's a net negative to society? Um, in a way of confusing the hell out of kids under the age of 18, yes, that's a net negative to society. I say yes to that. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, you were going to say some stats about D.C.? Uh, well, yeah, just to kind of give some credence to you, by the way, speaking of that crack epidemic uh, and going on in D.C., where does Hunter Biden live these days? Oh, D- D.C., D- yeah, there's crack out crack. there. Who was the only mayor in, the, in our country's history to get arrested? Oh, Marion Barry. Marion Barry, the, the, the mayor the arre- of D.C. Indicted Mayor Hall of Fame, he's number one. He's yeah. on Mount Rushmore of indicted mayors. Yeah, he's His he, campaign he's thing, I will get the drugs off the street and into my nose. So it's like it was a great campaign. This is the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Rob, this is the 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 stats on DC. Or, I'm sorry, of the highest. Go to 2020 census. Okay, yeah, scroll down a little bit. By the way, here are the counties where the median household income we are talking about. Look how many counties are in Virginia. Now you know they call that that area around DC the DMV, DC, Maryland, Virginia, with all within you know a half hour drive of DC. Let's count how many are in Virginia DMV area. Number one, Loudoun County, Virginia. Loudoun. Number two, Falls Church, Virginia. Then you got three and four, which is California, no secret. Then you've got Fairfax County, we're all familiar with, in Virginia. So that's three out of the top ten. Then you got Maryland, Howard County, Maryland. Then you got Arlington County, Virginia. Then you have California. So four in the top ten are all in the Virginia area. So when we find out where all this lobbyist money goes, all these slush funds go, all this waste, all this pork belly they talk about, Mm -hmm. right to lining the pockets of the people that work in D.C. Well, and Amazon's uh, second headquarters is now, I I think it's one-third full now, and those are very high-paying jobs. He helps. And uh, we can thank AOC for that being in D.C. because uh, it could have been elsewhere. So AOC, you're so amazing. So great. For helping those people. But I I actually applaud you for pointing this out because nobody talks about D.C. in this regard. We think of San Francisco's expensive, New York's expensive. Somehow D.C. is not exactly in that conversation, but it definitely should be. All right. So let's go through some of these uh, weird uh, ideas here that that, uh, just a little bit craziness here when you take a look at this stuff. Uh, student, uh, is this a video that we got or what, what is it? Uh, Rob, you have the article here, but there's no link I do have, to I it. have an article up here for you. Hang on. Oh, okay. Because all I see is the, the, the story about what's going on. Vivek just tweeted this. Uh, uh, 5% American adults uh, under 30 identify as trans. 5% of adults under 30 identify as trans. Five years ago, it was 0.6%. Okay. That identified as trans. That's not visibility. This is social contagion of a mental health epidemic. Okay. Vivek is making a lot 
of sense lately. Let me, do you want to pull up this tweet, Rob, to show this to the audience? Is this a tweet you had here? Or was it a video when he said that? It's a tweet and video. Oh, so pull, pull, let, him, let, him, let him say it. Play the clip. We need to end this mental health epidemic, not just with anger. I'm not angry at trans people. I'm not. I'm frustrated with the culture that venerates a mental health illness that we should be treating instead of actually throwing kerosene on and fueling to spread like wildfire across this country. I know you're not supposed to say many of those things out loud, but I just think it's important that we speak truth because that's got to be the first step towards getting to a solution. And that's what I'm hoping to deliver. Listen, too much logic, man. Well, he's got too much logic, too many things that make sense. Pull up the tweet one more time. I want to read that one more time for the audience to see it. Zoom in a little bit. 5% Americans under the age of 30 identify as trans. Just five years ago, it was only 0.6% of 18 to 29 that said they were trans. Not visibility. This is social contagion of a mental health epidemic, even to the point where a kid doesn't get a chance to walk across the stage. You saw the story, right? This kid is like, uh, uh, you know, uh, a student banned from walking at graduation after saying boys are boys. And girls are girls. Is this the article, Rob, that you have? Guys are guys and girls are girls. There is no in-between lore recounted saying, I think a lot of people thought my statement was against people or uh, uh, against people or against groups. And it wasn't targeting any groups. At the time, lore was supposed to impart words of wisdom to younger students at high school before his remarks at Shoshone News Press reports. Due to the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, the school district cannot go into detail regarding the incident surrounding lore. That makes a lot of sense, of course. The student was also accused of participating in a senior prank involving toilet paper, a dead turkey, inscribed messaging on brick walls before ceremony. They informed me that they think I'm going to be have an outburst at graduation. I get the senior prank thing, but that was more of a group thing. I haven't had a problem all year. I just think my message was taken the wrong way. So Kit cannot say guys are guys. Oh girls my! Are girls. And, and Pat, let, let's just be honest. I None know of us would graduate by well, the way. It's okay, Pat. We always talk about wars: Russia, Ukraine, the war, and this. The real war is good and evil. And I tell people every single day, I'm like, it's wartime. Like, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna sit on the sideline? Or are you gonna get in there and fight? I don't know if you guys saw this, uh, Rob. I just sent you the link on uh, it's Instagram on Slack. Uh, last week, California passed AB, this is a bill, 957, which gives the state the legal right to deem any parent who doesn't affirm their child's gender identity as child abusers and could result in a loss of custody. And then there's the, I sent you this, this representative, can you go to the video, Rob? Pat, this is, uh, this is Lori Wilson saying that she's not only 100% in, look what she did with her kid. Can you listen to that, play it, play that clip of her? Affirming a child's gender identity is in their best interest. And it really is because if you have a seven-year-old who's who's talking about having a potential to say, I being able to articulate <laughs> that they old. believe that they are not the same gender um, as they are biologically, then it should be affirmed. And through care, it should be determined. And that's what we did with our own child. And that would give the ability for a parent who wasn't sure to affirm and get their child the it's care that they need so to make that so they can begin to articulate uh, so that determination. You, she's doing it but by saying and rejecting it in wholesale, then you're essentially rejecting your child. And that is not in the best interest of a child. We should be affirming our children in every possible way and getting them whatever appropriate care they need, whether it's based on their gender, whether it's based on how their um, studies are in school. It doesn't matter. Our children should be affirmed. So, mind you, Patrick, you guys heard that. Her seven-year-old said either she's a girl of opposite sex, and they're like, we're all in. 
So that kid, I don't know if it's happened already, is going to get drugs. They're going to be castrated if they're a dude. Like, this is when I'd say it's a freaking war of good and evil. Those people are making the laws and making the decisions. And if you, Pat, if your seven-year-old says, I want to be a girl, and you, have to, and you say no, they'll take your kid away. That's what that bill in California is saying. It's unbelievable. Tom, how do you process that? Oh well, I, I, the way I process it is... They, they better get ready for base, Lord of the Flies in the classrooms because, first of all, you know, affirming your kid, hey, I want to have ice cream at 3 a.m. If I say no, I'm not affirming my kid. You know, you, you basically have to understand that with kids, you need to put guardrails to create great citizens, gay, straight, whatever they turn out to be, you in terms of lifestyle. It, there's guardrails around entitlement. There's guardrails around structure and behavior. And if you consistently affirm everything, then you have no structure. You have you you have an out of control person that when they walk into some structure, and let me think, like a job, they're going to be ill-equipped to socially in that environment. You know, operate. When they walk into some structured environment like, you know, a, a science class where you can't just say, well, I, I don't I don't agree that two and two is four. Really? Well, I'm, I'm not affirming you. I'm giving you a C. You know, these we are basically about to raise a generation of kids that are permanently affirmed and entitled permanently affirmed in the wrong ways and are entitled. And what we don't understand is that the structure builds character and character builds citizens and citizens build cities, cities build states, states build countries. <clears throat> so this is, this is a very bad waterfall effect. That's, that's coming Tom, soon. Tom, when I was seven years old, Pat, I swear to God, ask my brother, ask my sister. I thought I was Superman. I would take a towel, wrap it around my neck, and run around the house. And could you thank God? These days, you think you're a vampire. I what think are you I'm talking a vampire. About? Yeah, but dude, I thought <laughs> that's hilarious. Did you I jump thought, off the uh, no, picnic no, table in the back all, and discover I, you were yeah. not? Able I did. To fly? Well, well, thank God that my mom didn't go. You know what, Vinny? You are climb up on top of our three-story freaking <laughs> apartment complex go for and it, jump buddy. because you could fly. Thank God she didn't do that. And it's no like, bro, doubt. a seven-year-old's mindset. I know, and I know people, some people are like, do you, any of you have kids? I don't have kids. They have kids. I don't need kids to know what's right mm -hmm. and what's wrong. So all those people that are like, you don't have any kids. You have no idea. It's not your kid. I'm not stupid. Kids are innocent. And if you don't protect them, then you're on the wrong side. Can I, can I just... I can't That's an important gonna, point can't you make. Go, go ahead. Yeah, I'm I can't believe I'm going to say this. I just want to be devil's protecting advocate. I just want to be devil's advocate for a second, okay? Well, I'll, I'll start off by saying one of the proudest moments I've ever had in my life was when my 10-year-old nephew was like, yeah, I have a girlfriend. I'm like, that's my dog. That's my guy. <laughs> it's like, you never know with a kid. But like, all right. But here's my question. That, that lady giving that speech, right? Do you think she loves her kids? I don't know. I'm asking it. <laughs> It's not a question of whether you love your kids. You know, there are people that love their pets and they don't train them and they're a nuisance in the neighborhood, right? But you can't compare a pet to a kid. But I, I'm asking a very simple question. The hell question. I can't. This isn't, this isn't I a gotcha compare, question. I can compare a person's ability to lead their pets, their dog, their, their, their family, and their kids and say, is this a person of structure that's respectful of the neighborhood? Now, kids or humans are, and, and are the ultimate point of value. 
You know, I, I can look at somebody and say, the kids are crazy, their dog is crazy, they're, they're, they're not a good neighbor, they're not helping society, they're not, this, is, this is nuts. Well, Gay or straight, you know, what are you, what are you what, doing? What, what I'm solving for is this. I'm trying to understand these parents' mindset, because if I, I don't have any kids, but when I do, and if, I, God forbid, I have a seven-year-old that wants to transition, I'm like, not so fast. Like, that's, that's, that's not happening. Like, that's not a thing. But these parents who are going to affirm identities and allow their kids to take these steroids and hormone blockers and all this stuff. I'm wondering what, how, you know, how Pat famously says, how do you process this? How do they process? Like, I'm wondering how they process this. I'm assuming they love their kids and they want the best for their kids. And this is the, the approach that they're taking. Now I think it's wrong. I think it's weird, but I guess my question is, should they be held responsible for this? Should they be held liable for this? Are they wrong for doing this? I agree that they should not do this. I'm just trying to understand their mindset as a parent, why they would allow their kids to do something like why, this. Adam, let's ask you, why do you think? I, I think, I don't know. That's why I generally don't know. Well, actually, I, never, I, like, what do you think? Why do you think what causes these guys to think you know, these guys love their kids? Great. So why would they do that? I think that they love their kids so much that they don't want to tell them no. And when a kid's like, I okay, want to be a so boy. Let's put that as one. So yeah. that's one. What else? Why else you think? I think that there's some sort of uh, societal contagion going on here. Okay. and whether Perfect. So why else do you think? Two of them so far you said that uh, one of them is they don't want to say no to their kids because they think that's a bad parent. Number two is societal contagion, which is cool to do that today. So they're kind of following that. Why else do you think? Yeah, I think um, yeah, I, I generally th – this is something that is, is very confusing to me. And I generally don't understand this. Why? Because – this was something that didn't exist when we were kids. I didn't know any kid that was trying to switch genders. I told the story famously about I knew two girls in, in, in elementary, middle school that played sports with all the boys, and they were just tomboys. That's it. They just they, <laughs> Over time, they just became who they were. Now, one is happily married with kids, and one is a full-on lesbian. But they, she didn't switch her gender and become a man or anything like that. So stay like on that. this topic. Yeah. Why, answer but, your own question. Why do you think? There, there's something going on in society today okay, that has so why led we do to this. this. Let's change the question. Let's change the question to this, to all of us. So we have to define, is it fair to say there is uh, bad podcasters out there, good podcasters out there, and great podcasters out there? Yes. Okay, let's define the greatest podcaster out there, which is Joe Rogan, okay? Yeah. What makes him the greatest podcaster? Let's, let's give him the 10 out of 10, okay? Mm -hmm. He's curious. He's funny. He's real. He's straight up. He has opinions. His opinions change. He's evolving. He's uh, got some interesting takes. Uh, he interviews uh, everybody from every he, spectrum, every walk anybody of Anybody and everybody pretty yeah. much for the most part. But all right, cool. He has the right questions. He's patient. He's, you know, a bunch of good qualities. Yeah. Let's define, although typically no one knows bad podcasters, but let's define what would make a bad podcaster. No, no preparation, no, no research, horrible guests. No point you, of view. You can't keep my attention. You're yeah. not interesting. You're, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're not consistent. You don't do it. You're just, you're not consistent. Like you don't that do you're it. You don't lukewarm about. Boom. You're, Perfect. Okay. So can we go in this, like when we're looking at RFK and we're comparing him to Peter Hotez in the area of who has more fancy degrees, who wins? Hotez. Hotez. In the area of having done more research in uh, health and all that stuff, who wins? Hotez. Probably Hotez. 
in the area of who is healthier in life, who wins? Kennedy. Kennedy. In the area of a person that's simply asking questions and going against the establishment, who wins? Kennedy. Okay, right. you get to pick and choose on how we define him. All right, let's go here. Let's define, because this is where the argument ends. Let's define a bad parent and a great parent. What is a great parent? Let's define qualities of a great parent. Provides provides for the, the child. So it provides. Gives them the right morals and the right lessons to, for life and guides them, guides, gives them the right path, puts, you know, puts God in their life. Put them in the right can schools. debate that, but okay, okay what I else? Think it, I think it's someone who has structure. It's someone that sets boundaries. That's someone that educates. That's someone that, that shows affection, but that that's somebody that isn't afraid to say no. You know, there you, you go. You, now it's changing, isn't it? There you go. Yeah. Now it's changing, isn't it? So you just said it. Structure. You made it very eloquent argument. So structure, boundaries, somebody Discipline. that shows no. You said empathy. What's the third one you said affection. was very important? Affection. And then yeah. you said what? No. Okay, Tom, you're a parent, and not you're one of the greatest parents I know. What else would you add to that? Well, it's, it's something Adam said a minute ago. He said, I love you so much, I don't want to say no. That's parental insecurity. They love themselves too much to risk the child's Let's stay rejection. on great parent. No, no, let's stay oh, on great, great parents. Parent. I love you too much to say yes, and I'm unafraid of your reaction I because that. I need to guide you through it. Yep. I love you too much to, to say, say yes. yes to certain things. Okay, perfect. So now... Do we want to add anything else outside of this? I thought it was very smooth how you said it. Structure, boundaries, affection. No, I love you too much to say yes. Do we want to add anything else here to the great parent? I think you prioritize character and education. I also think it comes down to roles of a man versus a woman. What you bring to the table is different than what Jen brings to the table. You guys are different. Now, and You guys are great parents, but the way that you handle things are different. Sure. Can we now define what a terrible parent is? Someone that's not there. Okay. They're, they're never there financially. They're not supporting the family security. There's you're not you know what I mean. They don't give them a place to live. You know what I mean. I'll sum it up is it is that the purpose of the child is to love them. You know is is a bad parent is the the the, the child is there to make you feel better. That's horrible. No guidance, Pat. No morals. We no, see that everywhere. You know what I mean, Pat. What else is a quality? Can you go up? Let's just see what psychology today say what a terrible parent is. What else would you say about a terrible parent? Enablers. You know, you Enablers. Don't, you don't correct your child. You enable it and you you, you mollify it and you give them yeah. ice cream to shut up. What rather than At the end of the day, it's the exact opposite of what makes a good parent. <laughs> yeah. That you, that you yeah. don't have structure. You don't have discipline. No discipline you don't no have food, affection. No, show, yeah. you, oh, oh, you, no, no. You won't there, say no. But stay there. What are signs of bad parenting? Look at that. Strict and rigid discipline is bad parenting. Bullshit. Okay. Strict and rigid. Uh, okay, so, so, so withdrawing right, so affection and attention. Little shaming. Or, okay, so shaming. Okay, I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, and, and now it, there's it, different it, sides of the spectrum. Like on one but, side, little or no discipline, and the other side is rigid discipline. But, but here's the here's you got to be amenable. Here's the part for this woman to say, if your seven year old child say they this, <laughs> you know what you're saying. Here's what you're saying. What you're saying is the seven year old child knows just as much as you about life. <laughs> That's what you just said. If the child <laughs> says that, the child is at an equal level of wisdom and intelligence as you at 35 years old. She looks like she's 35. Yeah. Is the seven you so then you are dumb. Yes. That's what you are. Because most seven-year-olds are trying to learn and they want direction. And they will say anything and everything to get attention. Now, how many videos are you seeing coming up where the kid says, 
my mom just wants me to be gay. If I become gay, my mom will be so happy. And the kids, and mom says, I never said that. Your mom, you always want me to be gay. I just saw that. That's what I you remember do. that You always yes. say you want me to be gay. Uh, honestly, I'm not. Yeah, I can't believe you're saying this on live. So, so the point is, listen, somebody has to have a brass balls to go out there and say, here's a great parent. Here's a bad parent. To all the great parents out there, we salute you because you make the world a safer place. You make communities safer. You produce people like anytime, like, for example, when I would get somebody, uh, I said this to uh, uh, Sheena's mom and dad came and talked to me one time. And I looked at Sheena's mom and dad and I said, listen, I got the product. I didn't raise her for 25, for 18 years. You did. I just want to tell you, thank you. Because I got the product after you raised her. Like Grace is upstairs yesterday, you know, sitting there working, doing her part at 14, 15 years old, 16 years old. That's a product of Paulette and Siamak raising her well. Yep. When I see Bailey, by the way, shout out to Bailey. She just took her SAT scores. You know what she got out of 1,600? 1,560. <laughs> Bailey just got 1,560 on her SATs. That's too wrong. Is that she, too wrong? She just got, <laughs> she got 790 on math. Shout out goes to mom and dad. Of course it goes to Bailey. Of course. But Bailey knows if her parents were somebody else, she wouldn't have a 1560. Nope. Life, sometimes you need the right people in your life to kick your ass and set an expectation and standard and say, no, step it up. Move up to this level here. That's not easy. That's a lot of hard work and discipline and dedication and sacrifice from your own stuff that you're doing. No, we have to define what is a great parent and what is a bad parent, and we have to keep recognizing the great parents when i see i yesterday uh, mario brought a couple people here one of the kids was talking to me hi how are you sir so i love your work you do the guy's 12 years old <laughs> I, I said why are you so confident he says what do you mean mom and dad are standing right i said why do you talk so eloquently and confidently it's not normal for a 12 year old to talk like this well sir i'm a very confident young man I said, I I said well i want to tell you i said i hope you thank your mom and dad for raising you this way because this is not common to, this is not common. To be disrespectful, this con- confident as you're at 12, I hope when you leave this place, you say thank you to mom and dad. Awesome. Because without your mom and dad, would, you wouldn't be the way you are right now. And I looked at the parents in front of the kid, and I said, I salute you, I salute you. And I thank both of you for being great parents. We ought to recognize great parents, and we ought to call out bad parents because it's happening. And these poor 7-year-old kids, 8-year-old kids, 9-year-old kids, when they're 38 years old by themselves – and they have no, nothing else to do. To, there is no way of going back. Once you take these blockers, this, these things that you put in your body, there's no way of going back and being the same person you were. Being the person that God created you to, to be, you're questioning God. The concept of saying, I am not this person, you're telling God, your, your creation wasn't good. This was not a good creation. You know what? This is how, like, I'm having a conversation with somebody yesterday, and I said, look, here, here's what you have to realize. I don't sit there and, you know, you know, certain things that were wired, we improve as human beings, but certain things you're wired the way you are. Yeah. Okay. But some of the stuff, it's like an excuse. It's an, wow, well, that's just kind of how I am. It is what it is. I'm a smoker. It is what it is. I don't work out. It is what it is. I'm a, you know, no. If he created somebody that says overly, you know, high standards, you know, busting their ass, very detailed, meticulous, OCD, whatever, all this stuff that people want to add up there. But if you're somebody that's a high standard person, who created you that way? Probably a byproduct of your parents, God, your wiring, your DNA. That's how you're created. Phenomenal. 
thank you for building me that way. But today, today, when it comes down to parents, man, I wish we would do a better job recognizing these great parents. You know the whole thing that we're trying to do with Glendale? whole thing that we're trying to do with Glendale right now, and we're talking to a bunch of halls, to all the people that are listening, that you guys are have, having calls late night, all this stuff. I get all the messages just so you know. You know who you are. I want to tell you. I thank you. I applaud you. I respect you. We're trying to get a hall right now. All these halls in Glendale, every one of them have been, uh, have been very, uh, what do you call it, accommodating. Yeah. All of them. Such a freaking classy. Just the community showing we want to do. But they're like, Pat, we got weddings on Friday and Saturday nights. They're right. I mean, no, stop the wedding. No, you got to do your weddings. I totally get it. We're trying to do something to go Glendale do an event. I don't know if it's going to happen anytime. I wanted to do this Thursday, this right. Friday, or Saturday because yeah. I want to do when the momentum's high. We're out of the country. Holiday. We can't do anything. We're yeah. leaving, right? <clears throat> but the only reason I want to go to Glendale is just to tell the great parents, listen, don't second guess yourself. You're doing good. Keep doing and raising your standards. We ain't perfect, but keep getting better. They just need a platform for people to realize you are incredible. As a parent, keep raising the standards. They're making you think you're making a mistake, but you're not. You're doing a good job. So this whole conversation can be solved if we can identify what's a great parent and what's a bad one. We recognize the great ones, and we call out the bad ones. Until we do that, this is going to continue. Yep, and you have to. And I think when you see it, like I said about the battle, are you going to sit on the sideline? Are you going to step up? It's those same parents, and we've been seeing it this entire month. Yes, it's been Pride Month, and I congratulate all the people for all, all my gay friends and family members with the Pride. But these are the same bad parents that are taking their children, three years old, four years old, two years old, and then bringing them in the street, Pat, when there's grown men butt naked, mm-hmm. butt naked, twerking. There was something, I think, in Minneapolis, one in New York, where there was like a fountain. Seattle. Seattle there's a fountain, Tom, of water, and it was just no clo- clothing was optional. People didn't. Like, listen to me. If you are a parent and you are bringing your kids front row to a parade where there is butt naked, grown ass men, you fall in that shitty, horrible, bad parent and you should be ashamed of yourself. And I wish there was a law that where your ass could get arrested for doing that shit. Because, Tom, at five years old, I remember everything. I remember everything visual. This is going to be stuck in little kids' heads for the rest of their lives. And I think this is, it's disgusting and they should be ashamed. I'm with you, Vinny. This is absolutely absurd. This is ridiculous. If you're, listen, if you're an adult, you want to go to something like this and see, Naked, sloppy people walk around and celebrate the pride stuff, all you. But if you bring your child to this, I would say that is on the realm of child abuse. And I'll say one thing, and Pat, I want to get your opinion on this. You got Pride Month. That's 30 days, Pride Month. But there's, all, there, there's also Trans Awareness Day, and there's, all, there's so many different LGBTQ things going on out there to celebrate the Pride Month. You've got one day of Mother's Day, and you've got... One day of Father's Day. What's the month that they celebrate families? What month is that? It doesn't exist. I was just like, what? Okay, is it doesn't there one? exist. No. Why are we recognizing? We're, we're, we're capitulating to the 1% or the 2% or the 3%. Oh, great. You have your rights. But family values, we've seen them plummet in the last decade or two, right? Since the 80s, basically. And I think what, what you're saying is that common sense always wins and common sense prevails. What we're trying to, I think, see is this return to normalcy is like families are what make up America, not naked gay dudes parading in a street. And I think people are just over it. By the way, this guy, Brian Krasenstein, I don't, I don't know who he is, but he's, he's, he's somebody because he's got a big uh, following on Twitter. Uh, he said, number one, seeing a man naked on a bike isn't going to have much of an impact on any kid. <laughs> 
they have likely seen their fathers or brothers naked before. What? what a weird, okay, there's a big what, difference between seeing your father when you're four what? years old versus seeing a random but, but you, dude but naked. The, but you have number two. By the way, Elon Musk tweeted this. Number two, sharing an uncensored video of a naked man on a bike to an audience of possibly 30 million kids on Twitter is arguably worse than riding a bike naked in front of a kid or two and planned event that the kid's what? parents took them to. What? Says who? Number three. <laughs> There are much worse things than the average kid will see or hear online and offline in a typical week. By the way, I agree with you, that you, third one. you realize this guy saying what he's saying, seeing a man naked on a bike isn't going to have much of an impact on any kid. Either this guy doesn't have kids or two, if he does, he doesn't value that part. Uh, but I will tell you, majority of America, majority, fully disagrees with you on this, Brian. And I think I would put that as 95% parents, not people that are single, not people that don't have kids. This would need to be a very clear poll with parent, parents with kids would totally disagree with this. But this gets people to say, well, hmm. he's right. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Yeah, th th this is when you have to call out bullshit and you have to call out what's people that are doing it right. So he starts with a justification, moves on, to being an apologist and then finishes with a justification. So he really doesn't make a point of his own here. At all. Yeah, but you know what? Some people follow it and they say that makes a lot of sense. Elon Musk retweeted and said, this guy makes no sense. And Elon's got, I don't know, 10 kids, I think, at this time. But, uh, <laughs> and one of those kids went trans, I yeah. believe. Yep, yep, one of his kids did How did trans. that happen? I mean, one at a time, Adam, the, the odds. I mean, you know, it is, it is what we listen. When there is a divorce and the father's not, not there on a daily basis, mm -hmm. some mothers will raise their kids. I got a few friends right now that, uh, you know, the biggest fear of a father is when there's a divorce is who is going to have that influence over their kids mm -hmm. when the girl dates somebody else. Mm -hmm. That was my dad's biggest fear, okay, to see what man is going to have influence over me if my mother was to get remarried. Now, my parents, neither one of them got remarried. My mother didn't get remarried. My dad didn't get remarried. I, I was... The well, second time. Th they remarried each other, but <laughs> nobody else. The only the person they remarried yeah. was themselves. <laughs> yes, that's, that's a good point. And they both swore off and then... Yeah, <laughs> but it's a fear because you're kind of like, that's my kid. What's he going to feed him? What's he going to tell him? What's he going to do this? What's he going to do that? So completely, when you lose your kid to mother and they're, they're doing what they're doing, there's a risk of seeing how that woman's going to raise him. I, I encourage everybody um, to go back and find the Bill Maher speech. This is now about... Uh, not speech. It was a... Um, uh, a position statement that he made leading into the debate that he has on his show. And four months ago, he did it. And he starts out with the statistics on the percent of population that was gay. And then he moves on to things. But he makes a really important point. He says, with kids, everything is phases. And I, when I was young, I wanted to be a pirate when he was like seven, eight years old. I am so glad my parents didn't send me out for eye removal and peg leg surgery. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he's making a great point about all that, about phases. And he makes another point. And he says, I find it a little odd that I go to these parties in Los Angeles and Angelinos are there. And it's somehow fashionable to have a trans kid and to trade stories of how you're working through it. So it's about a seven minute 
uh, monologue that he does, but he makes a bunch of common sense points. Well, and I think there's a wave of common sense that's coming. And there's a lot of people that are bringing common sense forward, like the Glendale uh, and Glendale, the Armenian community. My hat's off to you. You were not only bringing common sense, you had people sitting there at city council that made comments about the genocide, but common sense is coming to the fore. And in that moment, you have a practical presentation by Bill Maher in front of the camera. And then you have people saying, I've had enough and I'll see you at City Hall and I'll see you at the school at the Armenian community at the Glendale Unified School District. So I think we're going to see more of both of common sense calm. And you're also going to see more parents stepping up because I, I think in terms of this wokeness, the majority of America has had enough, and I think these things let them know, hey, you know what? It's okay to protest. It's okay to go out there and make your point. Look what these people did at Glendale Unified oh, School. the best. The best. Yeah. And by the way, they weren't the ones wearing masks and fatigue. No. No, the Antifa... The, 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 you know, the Antifa that were milling around in the crowd there were the people there were very straight up. You see these rational things. Why do you not like this flag? Why do you not like this flag? Trying to engage in, in, yep. in, in, in common debate. And I love but that. I think there's a wave of, of let me tell you, woke is going to be met by awake. And yep. awake, mm. you awaken the giant, which is common sense. And I yep. just hope this, this giant called common sense is big enough. Yeah, and what I said earlier, Tom, about the people that are on the sideline or the people that fight in the war, Armenians are the ones that are going to step up and fight, bro. Antifa's biggest mistake is thinking about Antifa's been going crazy for how many years, going to cities, terrorizing people. They showed up at the wrong place and got what, their three asses and a half whooped. Years? Armenian Four mothers, years? grandmothers beating the shit out of dorky ass Antifa little white guy. I was that was one of the dopest moments. When to get shoved to, and provoked. Hundred no, hundred percent. No, no. They, but mind you though, they're front lines. They're warriors, bro. It's for kids. It's not like they're just out there to start. Start trouble, but that's what yo Antifa went to the wrong place, and I bet guarantee you they will never go to Glendale, California to start shit again. Period. Done deal. End of story. I like to know in the middle of highly Muslim Minneapolis, you know, there's one side of Minneapolis that is incredibly Muslim, a yeah. lot of Somalis up there. Yeah, they call how- it a mini. Uh, what, yeah. What's the uh, what's the capital of uh, Somalia? Mogadishu. Yeah, they call it many uh, little Mogadishu. Exactly. I'll be there this weekend, by the I, way. I'd like to know how well the if they had a pride parade. I don't know. Did they have a pride parade in downtown Minneapolis? And how did that go with the Muslim community? I'll check that out for it's you. It's actually buddy. a very good question you're asking. I'm sure uh, uh, you know Adam's going to do some legwork to find out. Yeah. Right, <laughs> CNN could be put up for I, sale. I'm actually sure. <laughs> CNN could be put up for sale and bought by ousted CEO Jeff Zucker. Daily Mail story that just came out here. Let's see what happens here with Jeff Zucker. Jeff Zucker buying CNN. That would be a power play. What about right there? Trump buying it? Uh, they, they will not let <laughs> him oh do God, it. Oh, my God, Trump. So CNN parent company Warner Brothers Discovery is considering selling the network and ousted CEO Jeff Zucker has emerged as a potential buyer aiming to regain control and seek climb, uh, uh, ultimate revenge for his firing. Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David uh, Zaslav's future plans for CNN are unclear with options, including a potential merger with CBS or sale of the network. Zaslav's public uh, sacking of ex-CEO Chris Lick suggesting preparation for a possible sale. CNN has faced financial challenges, earning $500 million less in profits last year. Controversial incidents, including disastrous town hall with Donald Trump and the departure of longtime anchor Don Lemon have contributed to the network's decline. Tom, what do you have? Uh, what thoughts you got on this year? So, uh, first of all, um, this is not conspiracy. This is real. The people that were speaking up inside CNN when uh, Chris Lick, remember a couple of weeks ago, he um, you know entered into retirement. Um, 
suddenly. They were the Zucker people left over after Zucker left. So the remnant of Zucker became rebels that were working to undermine Chris Licht. And then Chris Licht undermined himself with some very bad business decisions. It didn't go particularly well. And so now you've got Zucker back saying, hey, I want to buy this. Well, he's going to be buying low because we all are seeing what's going to ad sales numbers and things like that. And you have David Zaslav, who is like, how do I get out of this thing? This is like, this is like a damaged brand because you look at all the things that's happened. You had the Cuomo situation, then you had the Zucker situation, then you had uh, Don Lemon situation, and now you've got Chris Lick's situation. So if you're Zaslav at Warner Brothers uh, Discovery, who paid, has a lot of debt on the books, Pat, when you bought this thing, maybe you just sell this particular house. And the reason they mentioned CBS, we'll go a quick case study. NBC doesn't need it. They have CNBC, MSNBC. They have a diversity that goes from the mainstream flagship all the way down into the cable nets. And ABC, well, they're trying to make a profit out of ESPN. They're not in the buy-in mode. They're in the consolidation under Disney, kind of selling and trying to trim it up mode, which leaves CBS. Hey, you really don't have a, uh, a you know a, a cable net out there. Um, maybe you take CNN and turned it to CBS, CNN or something. So I, I think that CNN is in a tough strait, but I think it's pretty freaking ironic that Zucker comes back with the private equity firm where he's at now talking about buying it after his fingerprints. He was behind the scenes, bitter about being tossed out after his own malfeasance and watching Zaslav then fire Chris Licht. And it was some of Zucker's own people that were in there like rebels helping Chris Lick's mistakes be even greater amplified. I think it's pretty ironic that Zucker wants to make a run at this. You want to talk about ironic? You saw Don Lemon's first interview since he got fired. He, he said, uh, I, th- I sent you the link, Rob, on, on Slack. He said uh, his commitment to the truth is what he's talking about. And he's saying uh, he, believe, uh, he doesn't believe in platforming liars and bigots. How, how, how is somebody like that that has been peddling lies for CNN have the gall to say, you, you, did you hear this, Matt? Adam, um, and Rob, can you play that? This is his first He's interview. talking about Zucker? No, he's talking about just his, his, his responsibility to tell the truth and how they're giving them people platforms for liars and bigots. What's, what's the date, Vinny? Is this just, this, this just happened. Okay. Or a perfect union, not a perfect union. I'm not a perfect person. No one is. But I think the Constitution deserves us um, to we we in order to fulfill uh, the promise of the Constitution, we have to stand up for what is right. He's one of the biggest bullshit artists for CNN for how many years? He didn't say anything there. He didn't say anything there. This guy, I I don't I don't know if he is actually that big of a deal when it comes down to people taking his word. He was never a top 10 show ever. Never. never. He was always a top 50, top 100 show. Mm-hmm. But he's just famous. I think Don Lemon is known for being famous and went to the right school and worked at a company called CNN. That's all he is. Nothing more, nothing less. Nothing. That's no, no, it. no. He, if you talk Chris Cuomo, he had influence. You know, if you talk... Uh, uh, yeah, he's not moving the boat. No, he's not. Nobody wakes up and let me see what Don Lemon has to say about who I should vote for. No one said that. They said that about Chris Cuomo. No question. Not Don Lemon. Not Don Lemon. They're not in the same league. So let's go to the next story here about legacy media companies enter dark times after failures mount and Netflix rises again. Um, let me see here. Legacy media. Okay, so legacy media companies have struggled throughout the first half of 2023 with Disney laying off 7,000 employees, its largest Pixar movie underperforming, while Warner Brothers Discovery is also reducing its workforce and dealing with internal issues. It's been a bumpy ride for Disney 
Warner Brothers, Disney is laying off more uh, employees. It just keeps getting worse. Uh, and Eternal said that. Uh, Rich Greenfield, a light shed um, media analyst, said that media. Meanwhile, Netflix thrives with investors excited by the potential of new signups as it cracks down on password sharing and is uh, predicted to benefit from ongoing Hollywood work shutdowns. Investors have once again become excited by Netflix's future prospects. The beneficiary of Hollywood work uh, shutdowns will likely be Netflix, uh, despite the possibility of reprieve of legacy media due to potential advertising gains in the 2024 U.S. presidential campaign. The future looks bleak due to lack of growth narrative and hurdles in consolidation. There's uh, currently no strong growth narrative for legacy media and consolidation prospects are murky. Tom, what's going on over here? Well, let's start with that last sentence. There's currently no strong growth narrative. Guess what? All the households that could possibly have cable have cable and it's running in reverse so one of the ways you make money as a legacy media company is called carriage fees carriage fees are all of us that have cable and we pay 60 bucks to somebody a little piece of that goes to espn and disney a little piece that goes to cnn that's called the carriage fee so carriage fees have peaked and coming down which means that you got to go online you have to have a hulu an ott solution well you know the peacock's out there not doing as well as expected hulu's gone out there oh wait it peaked and now it's uh, we've heard it's shedding subscribers and then netflix the reason they're up again is because they cracked down on sharing passwords and guess what happened they got a bunch of subscribers you know why because it was just 15 bucks and you know why the people with the subscriber let's say i was letting you borrow it because you're my brother yeah right and we live in the same house and i put it on your laptop so wherever you are you could watch it technically that's password sharing now they've cracked down do i cancel netflix no i just say hey man vinny sorry you can't use it anymore yeah well i've been using it for so long it's only 15 bucks i'll pay for it that is what's happening at netflix so netflix has growth to add subscribers where the legacies don't have a place to add subscribers and what they're talking about consolidation pat they're talking about when uh, Warner Brothers Discovery consolidated, and then when Disney has ESPN, ABC, and all the things they've bought, and they consolidated, consolidation is power. That's how Hulu was able to charge us all, because it was consolidated ownership of all those channels. So right now, Netflix is coming up again. They're adding subscribers, thanks to the password thing. Now, that's only for a season. A year or two from now, that's going to run its course, and it's going to be back, where are my new subscribers? But um, And by the way, all the legacy media, it's interesting what they say. They are praying that would please, 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 can we get to January 15th of 24 for the first primary yep. so that we can get ad revenues going yep. on our news channels? Yep. They're, they're dying for the election. But that's what's going on. It's, it's, it's not a fun place to be right now if you're an owner of a, a media company. To give you some uh, numbers. In the... In the Legacy, legacy. But to give you some numbers with Netflix, coming, and there are new media companies coming and new OTTs coming. Changes on the horizon, and I'll just make something up here. The future looks bright. Yeah, right. there you go. Let me give you some numbers, Tom. Just, I just looked at Netflix uh, stock ticker, and um, November 2021, height of COVID, their stock peaked at 682 dollars. Right, that's the highest it's ever been. Six months later, seven months later, June of 2022, it cratered down to 190. In the last year or so, it's now up to 415. When it hit 190 in June of 22, I know you've done case studies on this. That was the lowest it's been since 2017. So it's had these ups and downs since pre-COVID, post-COVID. 
but it seems like they're back on the right track right now. Yeah, well, the peak for 682, remember, there was an artificial surge that was in uh, viewership, and there was— Because everybody was at home. Forced to be home, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. You, know, you know, legislated to be at home. We can go back to there again. And then when the smoke clears on that, you know, the post-COVID hangover hit for everybody in the market. And so they their, their stock going down to 190 was also part of a momentum shift that happened in the market. Kaflunk. And then everything comes back, and they're back at... You know, four fifty. You know what's funny? Look at that, Tesla. Tesla was what one ten at the beginning of the year, and now they're up at two forty. You know so, what's, what's funny about Netflix? It's almost like the inverse situation of what happened with the stock market. We all remember there was a stock market crash. It went down thirty percent, forty percent, whatever the number was. Exact opposite thing happened with Netflix. Skyrocket, boom. COVID ends, or six months later, uh, stock market comes back. Netflix crashes. You know, the tech companies, and now it's sort of leveling out to where it should be. That's a great point. Um, uh, Malik, if you could put up the Zoom chart. Our man. Rob Malik. Oh, yeah, exactly. Same with Zoom. Same with, exactly. Your your point. Skyrocketed and then fell, cratered. Yeah, just stay right here and just go find Zoom. Yep. And you just go back like five years. It, there you go. <laughs> Except that Boom. Zoom is not coming back but it didn't up crater as much, though. Well... Oh, no, it has. It tailed out in 2022. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It just wasn't a sharp drop like Netflix. Right. Now, Netflix is coming back because there's something to come back on, whereas there's not much something to come back so on. So what do you think the future of Zoom is at this point? Does it need another pandemic in order to reach the heights that it was? I mean, uh, Honestly, I think Zoom probably needs a check from somebody that wants to consolidate. Yeah. Gotcha. They should have sold in, 20, in 2020. Right when they peaked, like, two, like, like Tubin. What if... What if it's like two minutes. What if Google? What if Google buys Zoom and puts it into Google Docs into Google Suite? They right. Yep. Yep. Uh, Microsoft, you know, tried this already, and they already remember they bought the first Zoom, Zoom 1.0. Was that Teams? Skype, Microsoft Teams. Skype. Oh, gotcha. But now yeah. they have Teams. Yeah, Microsoft. Yeah, they have the technology in Teams, and it's so-so. Let's do the last story here and wrap up. Vinny, I'm coming to you with this one here. New court documents reveals more about Epstein's relationship with J.P. Morgan Chase. Uh-uh. Um, yeah, whoops. Reveal a deeper relationship between Jeffrey Epstein and J.P. Morgan Chase with prosecutors uh, filing exhibits containing hundreds of new emails. The bank accused of facilitating Epstein's child sex trafficking operation and has been criticized for slow document uh, uh, production. The involvement of J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon remains a central, remains a central question. While an email implicates him in approving a $120 million transfer, the bank claims Diamond was unaware of Epstein as a client. Epstein has direct contact with multiple bank employees, including Jess Staley, the head of the Wealth and Later Investment Banking Divisions, who received business advice and connections. Mubayit. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm Gucci. Staley uh, allegedly supplied Epstein with uh, confidential information and fa- uh, favors in exchange for bank Turning a blind eye to his sex trafficking conviction, Staley's association with Epstein led to his resignation as Barclays CEO. Vinny, what do we know Pat, about this? It's story? like it's like right it, just when you think the Epstein stuff is like dying out or something's like gonna stop, it's like it, it, it keeps coming. It's like a it's the Epstein saga. Anything that has to do with covering up this pedophilia ring, it, it, it's happening. Like like when he when he got suicided in jail, it's like a bad uh, murder mystery. The cameras were off. People weren't looking. The driver did this. By the way, J.P. Morgan and Jeffrey Epstein emails were released, and now Pat, this was a couple days ago. They mistakenly J.P. Morgan mistakenly deleted forty seven 
emails. The Security Exchange Commission fined Chase only $4 million. How convenient. All the business records, which are supposed to hold for three years under the SEC rules, were deleted. Dated from January 1st to April 23rd, 2018. They were deleted in June 2019 from uh, 8,700 mailboxes, uh, including those belonging to as many 7,500 employees. And it's like, Pat, and then a random, I swear to you, I was telling Rob this, I was waiting for somebody to either accidentally pass away or something like that. Jim Crown, who was a board member of J.P. Morgan Chase, died on Sunday in a random plane crash. And let's not forget, Pat, they just paid Chase $290 million for all these all the situations with everything with the, uh, where was it, Rob, where the island and all that situation? Listen, it's, it's hush money. They were hoping that that money would have everybody shut up. But it's, and again, going back to the, the, they're in on it. Chase Bank is in on all this shit with Epstein. And now what? They That's just what pay, they're being accused They're of. being accused of. But Pat, they're paying these little fine. $200 million is nothing to Chase Bank. And then again, we're accidentally, you mistake. This is, what, this is $290 million seller lawsuit alleging it knowingly uh, benefited from direct client Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking. According to a court filing Tuesday, lawyers of Epstein's victims filed a uh, notice of settlement in Manhattan saying the deal has approved the deal. The turnaround will go to a class of women yeah. who claim to have been victims of Epstein as much as 30% set aside for their lawyers, according to the filing. So 70% went to the women. <laughs> wow. And it's just, again, this is hush Vinny, money, bro. Vinny, let me tell you. I don't know, man. I don't know if people think that banks are willing to turn a blind eye to this type of stuff and, and throw their morals out the window for money. Okay. I don't know if banks these days are willing to put... Profits ahead of people. <laughs> I don't know if banks are willing to do that. There's been no indications that banks like this, like Deutsche Bank or Wells Fargo yeah. or any of these banks are willing to basically throw all their moral convictions yeah. out the window for a blank check. Yeah. Vinny, I, I'm not sure where you're reach, going with this. Am, reach, am I reaching? But I don't think that are these we, banks would ever, ever, yeah. ever yeah. do something unscrupulous like oh, this. Oh, we've yeah. had the big short, now we have the big screw. So yeah. like, the, the movie's coming. Yeah, it's just, and again, we talked about this for how many weeks about accountability. They're not going to do 290 million is nothing. This whole situation with the kids, and, and I, it's, I'm going back to that the, the war, the, the, the war of good and evil. Evil is just, it's just kicking ass. Well, bro. You know, as I always say, learners. follow the money, brother. Always, I mean, there's, there's got to do some money laundering and washing it around. And if, if some of the Epstein people are willing to basically whitewash $300 million, whatever the number is, there'll be a bank willing to do that. I guarantee you that. Well, I'm, I'm with Chase, and I'm going to be leaving Chase very shortly. No, I, th I think what you also see here, what was it? $40 million was the supplemental fine for the... No, four, $4 million for for deleting 47 right. million emails. Mistakenly. Somebody said, whoops. Yeah, you when you know how it. that works? It goes like this. You're my attorney. Yeah. Uh, hey, Vinny. Yeah. If... Um, this is kind of weird. Yeah. So if these if these emails get out, what's the penalty? Well, they already, they already did 200... Ninety million dollars could be another couple hundred million dollars. Yeah, but what's a what's a fine from the FEC if four, we basically four million ish? Not not too crazy. Why? Okay, well let's just uh, okay we'll just add that to the cost of the suit and uh, let's uh, let's do what we got to do. Okay, so just pull the trigger. Happens every day, and whether and, and by the way, it, it's sad, but this is part of the corruption and the two levels of justice that we have in this country. You know, the wealthy are able to make these decisions, hide behind it, stall the suit, all these things like this. And evidence is, you know, 
uh, withheld, destroyed, and things like this. Um, sorry to be a downer, but let's just talk about what the reality is. And to your point that you made very loud and sarcastically, you're absolutely right. They're like, you know, what kind of business are you in? Well, I do this and this, and I do this and this. Anybody knows the story of Pablo Escobar? They know that there was two regional Miami banks and basically the Central Bank of Panama that were turning a blind eye to Pablo Escobar because they had massive deposits that yeah. the bank took in Miami massive deposits and then they, they were loaning those out as home loans and car loans and had a very fine little business because you need what? Assets to make loans. Yeah, so, it's, it's no secret. It's a dirty little secret down here in Miami that Miami was basically built on the cocaine uh, smuggling dr uh, drug You wouldn't situation. say. You wouldn't yeah, say. You know? It's, got it. Uh, okay, gang, uh, we're coming to the end of the podcast. We got this Thursday uh, we're flying somebody out that's going to be out here to talk about the ins and outs of what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. And this guy is the expert to do so. So I can't wait for this Thursday's podcast. Stay tuned for that. But at the same time, 4th of July is around the corner and we have our military merch drop that we're about to do. The new Future Looks Bright hats that are here with two options for you with the black mm -hmm, or the white mm -hmm, and the Future Looks Bright here, Tom. Uh, and then sick. Are you trying to like do a military song over it? From the halls of Montezuma. Right. So we got this here, and we got a bunch of other things that's going to be out there for the it's drop. Sick. So for those of you guys that want to participate in this, text the word merch to 310-340-1132. Text the word merch to 310-340-1132. We will see you guys on Thursday. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.